0: Okay, we are back with another episode of Metal Rock and Whiskey. This is uh, part two, or coming back from the break, however you want to look at it, um, of our Pink Floyd episode where uh, Sailor and I discussed the band Pink Floyd in the initial episode and discussed, <clears throat> excuse me, discussed the two albums of. Uh, the Wall and Dark Side of the Moon, which the two albums we are battling tonight. But now we have our two main guys back here, Ed and Matt. Said, What's up, guys? What's up? Hello, everyone. What's up. And it's good to be back and now we are going to get uh, we're going to get their opinion and have the uh the final square off of these two albums but first I'll tell you what. okay Go oh, ahead. sorry. Nope. I was. I gonna was gonna say, say I I am just so psyched to be discussing f- <laughs> being
1: Floyd here tonight. I know. At night. I know. I am. I was so bummed I had to miss uh, last week, so I'm glad you guys decided to make it a two parter mm. because I've got a ton of things I'd love to say.
2: I am
0: glad as well, and this. I have a ton
2: of things I have to say too.
0: <laughs> well, well, without we'll get to that without without listening. So I have I have not heard the audio from from mine and sailors, and uh, I haven't heard the audio. Um, let's just say things got foggy towards the end of the recording. (laughs) We, (laughs) this, you know, we, we often say that we drink copious amounts of whiskey on the show. And, uh, and sometimes we do (laughs) that episode certainly was representative of that. So, so honestly, um, I feel like I'm, I I might be, uh, discussing pink Floyd again for the first time tonight, at least in my (laughs) own, at least in my own memory.
2: Par for the course though, for this show sometimes,
0: (laughs) Um, so, uh, well, why don't we kick it off? What are you guys drinking tonight?
2: Well, um, I'm drinking beer and whiskey. Um, so let me start with the beer first. I'm drinking a Goose Island Bourbon County Stout, which depending on what part of the country you're from will depend on how allocated it is in your neck of the woods. I would say here in New Jersey, uh, it'll be behind the counter, you know, usually allocated to one or two bottles per customer.
1: Um, yeah, well, in Chicago land, you'll walk into the liquor store, and they'll have, like, cases of stuff stacked everywhere. on the floor. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: That's why I said depending on what part of the country you're from. Uh, and for whiskey, I'm going with uh, an old favorite, an old favorite on the show. That would be Mellow Corn. <coughs>
0: oh, boy. If that's any <laughs>
2: indication as to my feelings on certain things. <coughs> wow, that's a
1: really <laughs> interesting selection. That is
0: a
2: very interesting selection, yes.
0: Was the Sailor's? Was that yeah, Saylor's it was whiskey? Sailor selection. That was her whiskey segment, on part one. On part you'll one, you'll have to listen to that. Man. I'm sure you'll have <laughs> yeah. different reasons no, no wow. chose. You're not That's maybe, right? a, that's no. a funny coincidence. Okay. Yeah, no, Sailor did Mellow Corn for uh, her whiskey segment for Pink Floyd. So you're following suit. Wow,
2: that is awesome. <laughs> and for the record, this is truth. I have not listened to any of those recordings yet either. <laughs> <laughs> what that's about funny. you, Ed? Good job, Sailor.
1: Oh, well, I was very excited <laughs> to be talking about. Pink Floyd, as I've already, already said. So, I decided to pull out something extra special tonight. Take it easy, big um, boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is a... One of our, our local uh, distillery, uh, Whiskey Acres, one of their Artisan series uh, bottles. They put out these every once in a while. They'll have like a, like a 15-gallon barrel Um of something experimental hmm. and every once in a while, they'll open one up and bottle up a bunch of, uh, 375 milliliter bottles, sell them at the distillery mm-hmm. for 30, 30 bucks a piece. Nice. Very cool. Um, and this one happens to be, um, their bourbon finished in maple syrup casks. Oh, so what they do is they've mm-hmm. partnered with a maple syrup producer. I think they're one in Wisconsin. I want to say, Um, and they'll send the bourbon casks to the, they gave them to the, um, the maple syrup producer who then filled it with maple syrup and then they sold their maple syrup as finished in bourbon casks and then gave the barrels back to whiskey acres to refill them with bourbon and uh, sell the bourbon as maple finished.
0: That's awesome. Very cool. I know that's not
2: not a super new... I I know Hudson in New York does that as well. I think they send their barrels out to Vermont. uh, Syrup manufacturer. Yeah. And uh, Taconic also. um, I think they actually make their own maple syrup, and then they Mm -hmm. rotate the bourbon and syrup in the barrels. Um, So pretty fucking cool, though.
1: Yeah, this has been proofed down to 87 proof. Um, It's got a very... It's it's of course is a sweeter flavor to it, but the the maple syrup is um, it's very very subtle. Um, you might not pick up on it right away, but I think it's more or less kind of s- shows up on the finish mm. a little bit. Ooh. Got a little <clears throat> bit of that that uh, sweetness, maple sweetness on the back end. Well, that's what you which want. Is really nice. That's what
2: you want. You don't yeah. really want it to be overpowering or just no, no, a supporting character.
1: Yeah, Yeah. I just took a sip and now That it's gone I just feel like I've maybe you know had a bite Of some pancakes Yeah good stuff And I'd say go out and get some But you can't (laughs) Because there's only I don't know If they had a a couple hundred bottles Or something like that in
0: existence And I've got one but anyway
2: But if you want something more readily available Try the Hudson uh,
0: Maple Cask Rye What was that uh what was the other one that I'm thinking of? What was like uh, BMB or whatever it was? The uh, it was it bacon maple bourbon? What was that release that came out a little bit? I little don't know. Back? Sounds good though, but I'm, I can't <clears throat> I'm trying to think of it.
2: I know I know BSB, which is brown sugar bourbon. <clears throat>
0: I don't know BMB though. It was something. Yeah, never mind. I can't think of. I can't think of the brand. Her- Heritage. No, are you thinking of B?
2: Are you thinking of BSB? Because Heritage from Washington State does BSB, which is brown sugar bourbon. Unless maybe they did, maybe yeah, that's m- the
0: one I'm thinking of.
2: Yeah, unless maybe they that's... did a unless they did a BMB, that's not available.
0: By I us, think I'm thinking of the BSB, the BSB. Yeah. yeah, I think that's the one it was. Uh, I, I've heard good things about that one.
2: Yeah, very tasty. Well, what are you
0: drinking? <laughs> I am. I'm drinking a, a a smooth Ambler, Old Scout bottle. Um, mm. It's a seven year, which um, I've had the seven. It's not. It's just you know their their uh, their batch, the 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 discontinued batch style that they had a while back, and um, you know they did the seven year and the ten year. And honestly, is a rare. Everybody seems to like the seven year over the ten year, and and I would tend to agree. Um, it's very tasty. Um, you know, I think it's, uh, pretty sure it's MGP, you know, the MGP juice that they used to source. And, uh, these came out, I think they, I think this was actually a buddy of mine actually gave me this bottle. So I don't remember how much they cost. It seems like they were around like 40 bucks, which, you know, for 99 proof, uh, seven year, really good whiskey. That's, falls into that range sounds, sounds absolutely fair.
2: yeah
1: um i've never had any of that but i've have heard people say good things about it though
0: yeah no it's it's really good you know the uh the the barrel strength uh single barrel store picks that were around for for a while um definitely step it up a notch there those are are pretty fantastic and uh I would say maybe if if you can't get a hold of those, then maybe try a Bell Mead, uh, cast drink Store Pick, or something like that. You're going to get a little bit of the similar profile, but you know they're still very different.
1: Didn't you just
2: recently?
0: I see, saw you got a got a Bellmead, some oh. kind of a finished. <laughs> oh my god, the, co- yeah. the
2: cognac finish. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. So I got uh, the guys down at at Carruthers, the the barrels and brews uh team down there. They uh they sent me one of their it was a collaborative Carruthers and Lincoln Road um Bell Mead cask strength cognac finish uh mm. barrel that they picked. And I tell you what, man, that was I, I, I would have never thought um to to get that one. Um Justin from from Carruthers actually I was texting with him and Um, of course, Matt, I was texting with him about his Four Roses barrel that they had picked. And, uh, (laughs) and he was going to send me one of those. And and he just asked me if, if I had tried their Mead Cognac finish. And I was like, it's not something that had ever been on my radar. I've, I've had a couple other finished, um, finished bourbons and they just didn't last. They didn't age well. Or, you know, once they were open, they they just didn't sit well. I don't know. I something about them just was off to me. But uh man, I maybe I just really like brandy because I've got a I've got one of the uh Copper and Kings uh Barrel Pick brandies. Mm-hmm. Um and I love that. It's it's abso- it's a it's aged in bourbon barrels. <clears throat> Excuse me, it's phenomenal. And this uh this Belmide cognac finish, I mean it is just all kinds of delightful. It's got a lot of heat to it, but it's a really nice, really nice heat that comes along with a lot of flavor. Um, but, uh, you know, it's got it's like cinnamon apples and it's just it's super tasty. Oh, man, it's Again, awesome. I would have never thought to get it and I'm super glad I have got it. Nice. So awesome. Sometimes sometimes you just got to give things a try. Absolutely, and step going, outside the box.
2: Going back to Smooth Ambler, I know that they are releasing or have released a weeded bourbon.
0: Um, yeah, the big level.
2: Yeah, yeah. Which I'm actually I get have the opportunity to taste that next week, so I'm kind of excited about that. But um, I've heard mixed things about that one.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know it's it's hard to just de- it's it's hard to cipher out um, people's opinions. Uh, you know, a lot of people will just want to. You know, just poo-poo on anything uh, new because they just want to say it's hype, and 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 before they even try it, they already don't like it. Um, I really try to. I try to keep an open mind, um, even if I'm not drinking something blind. I always just try to have a blind mind going into it. You have just to try to judge it. To. Yeah, just try to judge it upon itself. I don't try to. You know, that was always the conversation with. Uh, when Statesman came out, the old Forester Statesman, and everybody's like, "Well, it's not as good as 1920." And I was like, "Well, it's not 1920. Just judge it for its own merit. If you like it, great. If you don't, fine. You can always go back to 1920." But they're totally different flavor profiles. So Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I, I'll uh, I'll probably get my hands on on one of those uh, big level weededs at some point because it is intriguing, or at least a sample of it. Yeah. Well, we are, uh, this, we're not going to stick completely to the normal format because we did already, uh, like we said, um, if you want to hear, uh, Sailor's whiskey pairing for Pink Floyd, then go back to part one of this episode. Um, I think we'll kind of maybe just kick right into talking about Dark Side of the Moon. If I remember correctly, I'm pretty sure we did a timeline for both of these <laughs> albums on the previous yeah.
1: episode. I don't think we need to rehash and, uh, that. <clears throat> if, but,
2: if we uh, didn't,
0: if we didn't, then, uh, you know, let us know. But, uh, I, I watched a, a really great uh, YouTube documentary. It was a BBC Pink Floyd documentary. That I mean, it covered all the way from their beginnings to their to the present. Um, I would recommend that to anybody that is remotely a fan of Pink Floyd or curious, whether coming into this or after we're done, curious about Pink Floyd. Um, if you just YouTube, you know Pink Floyd, and get watch the BBC documentary, it's really good.
1: Or more specific to uh, Dark Side of the Moon, there's even, um, I know I've seen one in the past, and I just discovered another one today, Documentaries specifically yeah. focusing on act, the, act, the making of the album itself, right. yep. which just in and of itself is fascinating, um, because Pink Floyd is one of those bands that throughout their career has continued to be, sort of experimental and try new things. I know like they tr- like to try a lot of different sounds with different effects and they sat down with a whole bunch of different people and just asked them questions, r- recorded their answers and you'll hear these people talking, you know, their, their vocals interspersed throughout the album in different songs at different points, which is really kind of interesting. And, um, they also, you know, they're, these guys, you could tell that um, these guys are like tech geeks, too, because they are always, you know, talking about geeking over the latest, you know, sequencers or whatever the the technology and music was at the time and experimenting with those. Um, and, you know, like a lot of the electronic noises and stuff you'll yeah. hear um, are stuff they've created with these. And, um, so they're always, you know, using technology to push the envelope,
2: but they have, they also yeah, the have, heart. they also have the knack for finding the right people to collaborate with also for on sure. top of their geekiness. Sure. So, I mean, like, mm-hmm. like Alan Parsons, obviously on dark side of the moon, um, was at the forefront of everything that you were talking about, Ed, with the, with the sound effects and, and the new technology and everything like that. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah.
0: So, so kicking into this, uh, we kind of talked about this, Matt, uh, you mentioned that you had never really delved into th- to these two albums prior to studying for this podcast, right? No, correct. And I will say
2: <clears throat> that working in retail and customer service most of my life, um, you interact with a lot of people on a daily basis. And... You know, you get different kinds of people. You know, you see plenty of, of you know, band T-shirts and everything. And I will say that, <laughs> Dark Side of the Moon, the album cover on a T-shirt, I probably see that two or three times a day. <laughs> uh, you know, you, wow. you you get your Grateful Dead's, you get your Maidens, but sure. I would say Dark Side of the Moon is like the number one rock and roll T-shirt I see in my business, one by Pink far. Floyd i yeah. think
0: floyd used uh they kind of had their guy that uh, did their album cover design and uh a little background on that album cover he had this guy had he i mean he had like a dozen different designs uh you know portrayed in a room and he had the guys come in and they immediately went right to that uh you know light into the prism uh design and picked I mean immediately picked it out and this guy's like, well, don't you even want to like look at the other ones? I spent all this time <laughs> designing. They're like, No. I mean they as soon as they saw it, they knew this is exactly what we want. That's what it has to be. And it is it definitely has become one of the most iconic album covers in rock rock music history. Yeah, you, you can you oh, know yeah. what it is. As soon as you see it, oh, of course, it, you know what yeah, it is. of course. It's whether it's, you're a fan or not, you know.
2: It's unimposing. It's simple. It's what they were going for um and I, I have no problem with the album cover very very iconic you could pick it out of a lineup <laughs> any day of the week um i would say probably top three most iconic album covers of all time maybe oh, it's yeah. up there it's yeah, up, up there, there. Sure. it's up there it's definitely top five
0: um but well, well why, don't yeah, you, go- why don't you why uh, don't you expand on, on what you thought about this album
2: all right well As Jake mentioned, I was kind of a Pink Floyd virgin, at least with these two albums. I had heard all the hits, as most people on the planet Earth have heard. So, you know, comfortably... If you have a classic
0: rock station in your town, you have heard the hits.
2: (laughs) But reading, you know, know, knowing the album's popularity, I felt like I was the last person on Earth to listen to this from cover to cover. Um, But I never had really been a fan of Pink Floyd. You know, I, I... I understood their impact uh, on music and their the legacy of this album in particular, and how much it influences modern artists as far as uh, technical aspects of albums and sound effects and all that stuff. Um, uh, I took this listening to this album as two separate mats. So we have the mat who is appreciative music guru. And we have the Matt, okay. who is the whiskey obsessor, normal 34-year-old guy who likes metal and harder <laughs> stuff. So, the music guru Matt guy really, really, really thinks this album was ahead of its time. It was nothing like this had been around anytime. You're talking post-Beatles, Rolling Stones, Great Britain. You know, it was a different sound. Uh everything entirely just was different about this album, um, even within their own catalog. Um, So I recognize how important it is and how, you know, 740 weeks on the top 200 charts. I mean, that's fucking... I mean, (laughs) even as of January 2018, we're talking six months from this recording here, it was charting. (laughs) That's insane. (laughs) It was released in 1973. You can't discount those kinds of numbers. Um, yeah. So, uh, now flip side from the regular Matt whiskey obsessor sort of harder rock fan, this album is fucking slow.
0: It's, <laughs> it's plodding. <laughs> there is way too much going
2: on. Um, <laughs> Wait, and 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 way too much going on in in the sense of to me the album. And an album kind of has to it. Even if it's not a concept album, the album has to make sense to me. This album does not make sense to me at all. The way it's structured, the way it's laid out. Um, slow plotting. <laughs> um, it's all over the place. Uh, aside, This is aside from everything I said before. Um, with the te- technicality of it and all that. Um, obviously, a very technical album. Very ahead of its time. But, but um it is just not my cup of tea at all uh that being said well that let, being said hold on hold i want i want to hear i want to be- hear real quick i want to hear add just wait. to the points that oh, you kind of have made. a good thing to say about it <laughs> okay. Good thing. okay 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 <laughs> so i made this note when i was listening to it and i listened to it a few times um i said the song money is money ka-ching, ka-ching. that song it <laughs> does not even belong on this album. That song should have been on the other album we're talking about. They should have fitted fit it in somewhere into the concept. No. Yes. Cause that song is freaking well, amazing. The baseline, speak, everything. Speak piece. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> all right. So yeah, that's it for me. It's uh, it's not my cup of tea at all. It's just, and, too, and it's way quick, too before, abstract for me.
0: Before you com before you comment directly, um, on to, to Matt's point, um, Just kind of give a little background as to where you came in with Pink Floyd. Sure. Just to give a little background there. Okay, well, Pink
1: Floyd, like, this has happened with many other bands who have been around for longer than I've really been into them. The same thing happened with Metallica. When I come in and I really get into a band, I usually start with their current material. With the Metallica, it was Injustice for All." That was the current at the time, and then I Tarantino well, your way back that's, through it. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, with uh, with Pink Floyd, I came in. Uh, it was in high school. Um, this is actually the first post Waters album. I came in during David Gilmore's tenure. Um, a momentary lapse of reason. That was the first. Pink Floyd CD. Wow, okay. I bought. Um, You know, Learning to Fly, Dogs of War. I loved that album. Still do. I think it's a great album. Learning to
0: Fly is a fantastic album.
1: Yes. In fact, um, and I remember specifically back in high school, there was a a group of guys in my class that were just like super, I mean, they were Pink Floyd heads. I mean, they were super into Pink Floyd. They always wore the t-shirts and everything else. And when a momentary lapse of reason came out, you know, they're also, all oh, this is fake Floyd. Yeah. They're calling it, it's not, it's not Roger Waters, you know, who does this guy think he is? I might tend you to know, agree singer. with that. Honestly. So, and, uh, but yet at the same time, um, at our class graduation, we all walked out to learning to fly. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, anyway, Uh, so yeah, so later on I went through the, you know, of course I've grown up, um, I have experienced, I saw the movie, actually, I should say my first experience with Pink Floyd was actually uh, The Wall, because I heard it growing up as a kid, I heard the songs on the radio, um, actually watched the movie sometime in high school, you know, mid-80s, early 80s, um, but never really got into, um, you know, the band itself as a fan until, you know, momentary lapse of reason. But anyway, um, the whole point I'm trying to make is later on I went back and went through their back catalog, as I do with, you know, many other bands like that. And when I first listened to Dark Side of the Moon, it was a revelation. I mean to me i'd say this isn't just an album you listen to this is an album you experience you know to me the proper way to listen to dark side of the moon (laughs) you have to have the headphones on yeah you can't have any distractions just sit back close your eyes and
0: enjoy the ride and how much and how
2: much weed do you have on you
0: (laughs) well none (laughs) i I don't know i don't know i Um, can not comment to that but i mean i i certainly (laughs) have experienced this album both uh both um enhanced and fully sober and uh and I love it both ways. I think it's I think it's musical theater. It, it's it's it, is. it creates a it creates a theater within your mind as the music goes along and and that's what I that's what I love about it.
1: I lo- and as you're going along you're always it's theater's a good word also it's almost like you're creating a movie in your mind. I think
2: that's
0: exactly um, what I just said.
2: Yeah, a mental uh... theater. <laughs> You go along. I will certainly say um, that even to this day, and it's probably why it's still popular now, is that it's unique. It's super unique. Yes, there's no track breaks in between the tracks. It's all one
0: solid love track,
2: that. which it, which is amazing for the time. Even if it were ha- to happen now, it would be amazing. Because uh, yeah, some no, of the most amazing
1: moments, like I mean, great gig in the sky, yeah. the vocals, oh, so the female good. vocalist in that. I mean, that is just. I mean, when I first heard that, it was just like blew my mind, um, and how it moves into the moody piano and just the whole thing. It's, it's just a, it's just a, like I said, it's an experience. It's more, more or less than, um, not just listening to it, it's experiencing There's a funny the
2: thing about, there's a funny thing about that song is that, um, the woman who provided the track on that, um. Her name is, her name escapes me right now, but um, I guess she had I guess
1: Carolyn something yeah uh,
0: Claire or Carol. Claire, Claire something Claire, yeah Claire yeah. something
2: I guess down the line after the album exploded she had actually sued for like back royalties, saying that uh, yeah this song became a lot bigger and the album became a lot bigger than it originally was and we thought it was projected to be <laughs> well, and that was deserve my
0: yeah that wasn't written her part. It was more or less they were doing the recording and she just felt the urge to just start kind of, you know, vocalizing, you know, using her voice as an instrument within the, the, you know, within the format of the song. And so she just, you know, just did it improvised
2: i just i I don't think when she got into it she realized how big the album yeah right so she went back and like oh hey this album was bigger give me more money
0: yeah yeah right (laughs) hey by the way um any chance i could get a few more bucks
2: (laughs) (laughs) if there's an episode of metal rock whiskey there will always be a lawsuit (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) whatever whatever we're talking about
0: (laughs) well so so i'm guessing uh any any final, final thoughts? Final thoughts? I do have a final thought, but I want to save it until okay. okay. it comes down to voting time. Likewise. Do you feel, okay, do you feel you came into this discussion already knowing what you were going to pick? And was it an easy pick, or do you feel like you could still be swayed?
1: I came into it feeling very confident that I knew exactly... <laughs> which would be which. Um, having gone back and listened to both through, it's not as clear-cut as I had originally thought, but I've still, I'm still i still of the same mind.
2: I came into this okay. blind, so I had to make my decision on the fly, basically.
0: All right. That's yeah. awesome. We got a lot of different points of view uh, within this discussion, so why don't we take... Why don't we take a quick break, Ed? You can throw some some music of your choosing into this little break here for the for the audience to enjoy, and we will come back and discuss the wall. Sounds good. Okay, and we are back from break, and we're going to get right into talking about The Wall. Um, so, Matt, you let off the first album. Let's, Ed, Ed, why don't you give us your uh, your thoughts on The Wall?
1: Thoughts on The Wall. Well, it's very long. It's a <laughs> lot of tracks. But, you know, but that's okay. This basically... Um, I'm trying to think. I know there's the movie, The Wall, and...
0: Which came first? The movie the or album. The album? The album. The album? What, okay, I didn't know the album. Yeah, all of all of Pink Floyd's stuff, the albums came first, and then the the film design came after the fact. Okay.
1: But yeah, it's almost as if in my mind they created the movie and this album at the same time. To me this is a soundtrack well,
0: it for goes, a movie. It goes back to it goes back to our previous point that they create an album I mean their intention is to create you know an actual cohesive um, production, a theatrical uh, you know mental cinematic the- theatrical production, which it-, it makes it easy if you're um, if you're a screenplay mm-hmm. writer, you know screenwriter or what have you if you listen to these you could easily I mean you just ideas start coming to your head. So, yeah, to, uh, I mean,
2: and to your point, Ed, they actually when, you know, producing or at the beginning stages of production of this album, they actually sat around a table and they read through the story as if it were a screenplay. So I think they went to the table with the mind that, hey, this is like a movie. We're going to yep. make it like a movie. Um, so to your point, yeah.
1: Yeah, and on this album I think is one of one of my top 3 for sure, comfortably numb. Um, and
0: so many other good songs in this run. This- like hell, of course, another brick in the wall part two for this being, for this being such a concept album. It's a hit machine. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, I'm just, just the number of songs on here that young lust great is songs. awesome. Yep. Hey, yeah, you, yep. I think you forget. Uh, I, I had, I had both of these uh, my, my dad liked Pink Floyd and, and had a lot of the albums and and this was one of the you know vinyl records that we had in our house and so I I had heard these albums growing up and had heard the actual records you know being played in the house and you know not just the hits but I'd heard the albums coming up and had listened to them I'm, I've always been a big fan of Pink Floyd and uh and but I think I had forgotten how many great songs were on this one album? <laughs> Young Lust is is one of my favorite Pink Floyd songs. I love that song. I, I love uh, Mother is such a creative song. It's, I mean, it's 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 weird. There's so many weird songs to love on this album.
1: Mm-hmm. Now the thing about this album, though, it the length of it really doesn't lend itself to listening in one sitting like dark side of the moon dark side of the moon is like the perfect length for just yeah. one listening 40, session. 40 oh, no. minutes
2: yeah
1: yeah <laughs> um this one is a lot longer um what's, I don't the, think full, what's the
0: full s- runtime on this album 80, i guess i never really 80? i never is really it, looked at it is it an
2: 80 minutes or 90 minutes maybe
1: um we're talking 26 actual tracks here now granted some of the tracks are like you know less than less two than, minutes yeah. long and quite a few of them actually but um yeah oh here running time 88 minutes 20 seconds there you, that's go. Not that, there you go that's
2: Between not that 80.
0: bad that's less than an hour and a half
2: no I think I think I think hardwired was like an hour and a half with 12 songs
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh for for an album that's a long album it is it, but that's not that bad I mean, I I don't think it gets to the point of of like getting boring or you know you know like those movies. No, where no, you feel I'm, like not, they say- have I'm not not. I'm not saying. I'm just something. I, I still think. It's, I'm just saying rel- relative to
1: Dark Side of the Moon. Dark Side of the Moon is a lot more listenable as far as you know, just sitting down and, and getting through it.
0: I think <laughs> I like the storyline better in 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 the wall though. I think it's more captivating of a storyline.
1: Well yeah, well the wall definitely has a more cohesive storyline. Yeah. I'll give you that.
0: Well would you can, Would it's you
1: definitely more uh, it's you can follow it easier. Uh, Dark Side of the Moon is a little more abstract. It's a lot more I think a lot more is left up Mm-mm. to your own imagination. There's not there's not really um, Are you considering
2: are you considering Dark Side of the Moon a concept album though? I don't know if you can. It, I yeah. feel like it oh, is. Oh, I
0: think I can. <laughs> I think right. I think that uh, I think that, that whereas with the wall there are actual there's characters that you can follow through the story, whereas with Darkseid, you're the character in your own story is kind of how I've always felt it.
2: Oh if you if you think of Dark it that Side way then
1: yeah, it seems to me Mm. More like c- contemplating life and death.
0: Yeah. And fear. Yeah, you're, you're, um, you're entering so your own existence. Themes, yeah. You're entering your own existence, whereas with the wall, you're following somebody else's existence. Right. Mm. But
1: uh, anyway, but yeah, there's there's different ways that each individual can take it. I mean, I'm sure everybody gets a little something different out of it. Mm. But, um, but I do think, though, that the wall is definitely it's more clear there is a storyline. And maybe it's just because I've seen the movie. And if it's, you know, if you've seen the movie then it's, I mean, it's black and white. It, you know exactly what's going on. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I've, I've seen the movie before I've actually listened to the album from beginning to end. So, when I did listen to the album, I already had the images in my mind that they created. Unlike Dark Side of the Moon where you're, you know basically creating your own image i was creating my own images for it so
0: so what do you guys come off uh so i think one of the one of the things that i i brought up and sailor and i talked about is that uh dark side of the moon is is you know i think matt you kind of mentioned it too it's very mellow it's it's uh it's
2: it's very plot plotting is the word i used right whereas the wall
0: the wall I think what I like best about the wall is I love the the feeling of aggression within the album. It's it's a very aggressive. It's a very um, you know poignant, opinionated, but very in your face. There's and especially if you watch the documentaries and you know where you know Roger Waters where his mentality was going as he was writing the lyrics for these albums. He's progressively feeling. Oh, more yeah. aggressive um, within his thoughts politically, socially, culturally where do you guys come off on that
2: Well I mean you just look at you look at the state of the band at that time um, you know leading up to the recording of this album and you know it in a song like comfortably numb I mean the whole relationship is there I mean that song is waters and Gilmore their relationship <laughs> basically. <sighs> i become comfortably numb you know it's (laughs) it (laughs) that's that's them that's their relationship there um what i will say is that the the entire core of this album for me is that it is it is the concept album the number one concept album of all time i'm a huge fan of concept albums um you know the 1979 i think this album was released concept albums the idea of a concept album had been around had already been around for a couple decades you know there were actually concept albums date, dating back to this to the 40s and 50s um but this is the oh,
0: Bowie. Bowie yeah. was doing some cool concept yep. stuff around the same time yeah yeah
2: yep. but I, to me this is the epic concept album this is the number one concept album of all time um with you know I might lose some people here but with Green Day American Idiot as a close second because I think that is like the modern day Hmm. that is like the modern day wall to me is American Idiot because you still have the same concept you're following one character throughout the entire album Um, I think it's uh, musically it's a little bit more I won't say it's more progressive than Dark Side of the Moon Dark Side of the Moon was very progressive for when it came out but I will say, musically, it's just a little bit more pleasing to the ear, shall I say? At least for me, anyway. Um, there's more music there, not that other <laughs> stuff that's filler. That you know, um, there's a lot of sounds. It's just, there's a lot of sounds. Um, yeah, um, I'm, I'm, I'm a huge, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of creating, uh, taking one small incident or one small idea and growing it into this huge epic album rock opera concept if you will and i just think that this is a home run grand slam over and over again and i think that um anybody who wants to learn about concept albums or anything about a concept album i think you have to start here because <laughs> i think this is the concept album
1: well coming from the from that viewpoint as as if you're judging it as a concept album judged against all other concept albums I
0: think you're right on the money. Mm-hmm. With that I would agree with you. Uh, there. I'm trying to think of even another another concept album that I can think of that comes close to giving you the experience that that the wall gives you. I can't
1: I can't really even one I could think of, but I have to admit I've never never listened to it all the way through um but i will have to just so i can compare them is but the to- the, the album tommy by the who maybe oh uh,
2: yeah okay
0: <clears throat> boy i'd have to go back to that one i'd have to go back to it. that's <laughs> why i said american <laughs> yeah. idiot
2: american idiot is for me it's, a yes, second somewhat fresh. It's, it's a far it's a far second but it it, you know, it it's similar in that like i said it follows one character through these different right like, stages and trials and tribulations and
0: mhm mhm
1: Okay, so yeah, I, I
0: really don't have much more to say about <laughs> the wall, though. But but One, uh, something that I I brought up in when Sailor and I were talking about this was uh, <clears throat> I think why I think I said in the other episode this the wall is my favorite my favorite Pink Floyd album I, I absolutely <clears throat> I love this album front to back if it's funny because you know i've brought this up before that you know there's a lot of bands out there that are hit bands to me whereas i do i love when a band can create an album and this right here this album is like the album of albums it's it's one storyline throughout i can i can put it on while i'm working or what have you and and i can i can follow along like i'm listening to a movie soundtrack and replaying a movie in my head there's, there's, like I said, there's that that aggression within this. It reminds me a lot of "Injustice for All," where you mm-hmm. have a lot of the same. Yeah, I think lot, you you actually mentioned yeah. that on the previous episode. Well, a lot that, of the same, it, like
2: anti-establishment uh, sort of. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's, Motives. but there's also,
0: you know, in, in the similar, um, in the same idea of tension, you know, within the band when Metallica did "Injustice for All." There's tension in the yeah. band when Pink Floyd does the wall. I mean, this is really mm-hmm. close oh, to definitely. this is really close to the point in which the other guys in the band are pretty much sick of of Waters at this point. Yeah, it's, I mean, his, it's,
2: it's his wall. You know, that's what it is.
0: <clears throat> yeah, it's the wall yeah. that he built. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and I don't, you know what? And honestly, until there was again, we talked about this before. One of the things I love about us doing this show, it's selfish, is that I'm learning so much more about the bands and the albums that I've loved my whole life that I never knew before. Yep.
1: Same here. So final thoughts for me. Um, My final thought on dark side is I consider dark side of the moon I think is probably um, for me, what I consider, I think probably the greatest rock album of all time. Oh, (laughs) whoa. Big praise. God damn. Not hard rock album, not metal album, but greatest rock album. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah, no, that's all time. Fair enough. Wow. Okay. That is in my perspective. I would say, I would say that it's, it's one of the most influential, probably one of the most important rock albums of all time. Um, I wouldn't, I mean, in in my spectrum, I would say, to me, The Wall is is one of, I mean, it's on a short list, probably, it would be in my top five greatest rock albums of all time. Um, you know, if we're talking importance, and uh, maybe even like I I mean god both of these albums influenced and put such a stamp on music for for different ways for I mean different reasons. Mm-hmm. So Ed, Ed, are are, are we uh, are we to understand that your vote is for dark side? Uh, that's the <laughs> way I clearly. think you can interpret it. Okay.
2: Um I would I would to I would use the term rock Loosely wait, wait for that real album. Quick, real quick yes. to
0: build some suspension tension for anybody that uh you know did or did not listen to the previous episode, uh Sailor voted for Dark Side. Mm-hmm. I put my vote in for the wall. So Matt, your vote is uh I mean this is this is a big deal. It's it, this could either be a well, you tie. You should know you should know tie, what I'm voting which, for by what I said before. Hold, on, hold <laughs> on. This this could either be a tie, which will then have to be um, be picked by our Facebook group, which we like to do, or it, or it will once again be a three to one uh, vote. So with that with that in mind, let's hear what you got all right so dark side to
2: to piggyback on what you said um as far as the influence of the album on modern music and you know music pretty much ever since that album was released i think sonically um technically uh anytime you hear sound effects or a sound drop in any music today i think you can link it back to that album um as far as that goes sure landmark album Great album, ahead of its time. Um, for me, Ed, um, they are a rock band, but for that album, I would use the term rock very loosely. Uh, that's fair. Fair enough. Yeah. You know, uh, it's... there. I mean, to me, there's some blues in there. There's some very mm-hmm. s- just slow plotting. I, I keep going back to that word, but plotting. Uh, music. But that's Mo- what but the song. I mean... The song "Money Aside." That you know. Yeah, Jake. I,
0: you know, not to interject, but I think that um we kind of discussed it um in the previous episode, but not so much here that um you have to look at where their roots were. I mean their roots were in that progressive and psychedelic rock genre. So they're I mean, up to these two albums, the they've that's where they've been. It's been more of that psychedelic style of rock which they were i mean they were at the forefront of and were the staple of psychedelic and progressive rock to this point and and maybe some of their like you mentioned like a song like money which um at that point i mean that was like a a step out i think away from their their maybe their their core of what they did. And, and not, being, not being not being familiar
2: hit. not being familiar with the back catalogue, uh, but with kind of that genre and that time and that slice of time there, I don't think I'm just a huge fan of that style. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. From I just that thought, time I just period. The you know, Zepp, Zeppelin then. aside, you know. But from that time period, yeah. Not a huge fan. Um so I would say that album maybe I'm the only person on earth that doesn't like it. <laughs> I just don't no, like it.
0: No, it's you know it's <laughs> I I mean I've mentioned before that you know Led Zeppelin is my favorite band of all time and I think it's because I like the psychedelic stuff up to a point. Yes. And and that's probably you know where Matt you and I are agreeing on dark side that it goes beyond that point where I appreciate what it is but I don't necessarily love it. Yeah. I think Led Zeppelin took it to a point, but then they would always just, they had like that perfect amount of timing of like weird psychedelic stuff. And then boom, they jump right back into the music. Whereas, whereas Pink Floyd, they took it to such a larger performance level that they, I mean, it was part of their broader, um, like we said, it was part of their full on performance. And, and to me, and probably it sounds like to you too, Matt, that it goes beyond our, our, uh, enjoyment level of it.
2: It's just, it's a little too, um, abstract for my list, my listening pre- pleasure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I can see why that would be polarizing. Um, cause either, you know, it's, it's, you, you're either you really enjoy it or it's not your cup of tea. Yeah. You know, and that, so I don't.
0: I don't. I don't know. I don't think it's really black I have and any white. Problem though. because it's not that I don't. That, uh, that it's not assessment. that I don't enjoy it. I do, but it's like I. I'll enjoy it once in a great while, but mm-hmm. then it's not something that I could keep listening to. I don't. I don't like it when songs just go off for twenty minutes with sounds. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun once, like I because I. I can appreciate what they're doing, and uh, and and what they're what their point is within it and, and the art expressionist side of it. But at some point I'm like, okay, can we get back to like a sweet music you know, more guitar solo? <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> now I got to find there's one out one, you know, talking about going off on, uh, off on the sounds, 20 minutes of sounds. There's one, I oh got I know I texted it to you guys. It's uh, a song by Pink Floyd. It it's during like the, the longest uh, Sid, song title, Sid Barrett days. Oh, yeah, the Sid... longest song title <clears throat> ever. Yeah, like so... oh, s- here it is. Several species of small furry animals gathered together in a cave and grooving with a pict. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> so, so Sid, Sid awesome. Barrett. Sid Barrett was. I mean, he was a pioneer when it comes oh, to my that. Gosh that psychedelic progressive uh, rock genre. I mean, he, he is to that. What, uh, you know, what some of the other guys that we've talked about with, uh, with, you know, Chuck and Lemmy and, and, uh, and Ozzy were for, for metal. Um, Sid Barrett was for the psychedelic rock genre. I mean, he was a genius <laughs> and it got, it, Hey, it, it got weird. It got weird. Yeah.
1: yeah. (laughs) Uma Guma was definitely
0: far out there. You think Dark Side of the Moon
1: is far out there? You haven't heard anything (laughs) yet. Go listen to Uma Guma.
2: And that's another one of those um, sort of questions you ask. We've asked this before on the show. Is like, you know, if Randy Rose didn't die, what would the next Ozzy album sound like? If Cliff Burton didn't die, what would Justice sound like? You know, it's like if Sid Barrett wasn't fucking nuts, would Dark Side of the Moon be Dark Side of the Moon?
0: No, Pink Floyd. Pink Floyd would have ended up. Uh, oh no! I think Pink Floyd would have would have had a similar projection, um, band-wise and success and fame-wise of like a Velvet Underground. They would yeah, have. They never would have achieved the they level of success. Yeah, they that would they have did. never yeah, had the commercial, yeah. the commercial success that they did had Sid uh, continued to be the frontman and and the brains behind the band. I yeah. mean, it was. Mm-hmm. It was it was the Gilmore Waters connection to me. Um, those were the best. I, I mean, I love the. I, I love. I should say, I enjoy the albums that they had with Sid Barrett more than. I mean, I think I probably more enjoy the hits like Emily Plays and uh, Arnold Lane and you know some of those songs. Bike. God, I had Bike stuck in my head for like <laughs> five days after researching. Uh, For that pink, the original Pink Floyd episode, I like those songs. They're enjoyable, they're fun. But Ed, you mentioned like that post Waters, like Pink Floyd has three very definite eras to me. And there's the Sid Barrett, there's the Gilmore Waters, and then there's the Gilmore. Gilmore. And to me, the Gilmore Waters, and specifically Mm -hmm. these two albums, this is where this is this was their pinnacle. Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I was afraid it was going to be a um, when we first talked about doing the, the pink flight. I was afraid it was going to be a, a Waters versus Gilmore battle,
0: and uh, <laughs> glad it didn't go that way. No, no, but, yeah. Uh, I mean, contrary, it's it's. Uh, I mean, they, yes, they had an inner battle, yeah. but I also um, kind of almost embarrassed to admit this, but
1: I really was, I was completely unfamiliar with the, the Sid Barrett material before I started researching oh, really? okay. for this episode. Yeah. I had not heard anything about that. It's almost, it's been all but been erased from, you know, history books.
0: You Did know, you recognize um, you know, any of the songs once you heard them again? No. Really? Okay. None of them. No. <clears throat> I i had mentioned, uh, like the Sid Barrett, Pink Floyd, the As they called themselves, The Pink Floyd Sound. <clears throat> Those were the songs that you would hear on the oldies station when I was growing up. And then the Gilmore Waters uh, stuff is what you would hear on the classic rock station. I mean, you could simultaneously be hearing Emily plays on an oldie station, flip over to the classic rock station and hear Money or The Wall, Part 1 you know and
1: now i haven't gone through all their al- i've listened to a couple of the albums but i haven't gone through all of them so maybe i just haven't gotten to one that i've heard before yet which
0: could be i, I, I think I you suppose. i think especially those 3 those those i think arnold lane bike and emily plays were the three big hits that they had at least one's you'll that that you'll hear on the radio as in some capacity, mm-hmm. those three would be three that that you'd probably recognize. I don't know. I don't know if they, because really, after that point is when Sid started really declining mentally, and the hits stopped, and that's when Gilmore was kind of in the background. He was part of the band, but he wasn't. He wasn't really writing the music at that point. They kind of struggled through a couple more albums before they hit. Uh, you know, Dark Side.
1: But I remember I was listening to um the Ab- Adam Hart mother album and I was really kind of into um some of those songs on that were pretty like summer 68 and yeah um, yeah Faddled son was are pretty good um well that's yeah, yeah Matt, that's
0: right at that point at that point that that is that's starting the Gilmore even though uh-huh. Sid Barrett's still in the quote unquote mm-hmm. in the band at that point he's not in the band. <laughs> yeah, that's a sad as, a,
1: as a guitarist goes, I am a huge Gilmore
0: fan. Yeah, I don't think I think I don't think you could make a, a top guitarist list and not have Gilmore on it. No, unless you're what was that one guy you were talking oh about? My who had like the worst guitar list ever? <laughs> yeah, no. If if you're doing like a top rock guitarist of all time, and you don't have people like Clapton, Gilmore, Hendrix. Uh, page, etc. If you don't have those guys, then then you're a moron and you shouldn't be. You've just left. lost all credibility. Yeah, you in my you mind. lost all credibility. Yeah, listening to that that list was ridiculous.
1: Well, I don't want to rehash that
0: <laughs> yeah, one, right? But uh, anyway, go back. But yeah, that's what it just made me think of. <laughs> so, Matt, your vote,
2: um, the wall.
0: Okay, so we're That's on a, We're a two-two tie. So we're tied. <laughs> so we gotta, we gotta, we're gonna put this to the uh, to the listeners that are in our uh, metal rock whiskey Facebook group. Um, so this will, uh, they'll decide.
1: All right, and this will be interesting. I'm looking yeah. forward to seeing. Pick the
0: wall. Pick the wall. Oh come on! The wall. Pick the wall. Oh well, this was fun it was indeed no this was a great discussion I mean you can't go wrong with either one of these albums they're very different I think we've I think we've proved in our discussion and our points that these are two very different albums Um, they're both great for their own reasons Um, and uh, and you know clearly the wall is the best but anyways moving on (laughs) (laughs) and for what it's
1: worth I have no
0: problem calling the wall their second greatest (laughs) album of all time (laughs) Oh boy. Well uh why don't we move on to uh what kind of stuff are what what are we what are we touching on these days? What are you guys listening to? Watching, whatever.
1: Uh really, I've been, <laughs> been busy uh listening to Floyd and... <laughs> Actually, you know what I have been listening to. I I will bring up SoundGarden lately. I know we've got gar- gonna yeah. have uh eventually have a soundgarden album yeah, we got, or a battle we got that coming episode up here. coming up really soon so yeah i actually did go back and i was r- listening to um, bad motor finger and a uh, super unknown nice uh, those albums God, i love soundgarden so <laughs> yeah and the i tell you what listening to bad motor finger uh, rusted cage yeah and um, such a great album the other album but uh, anyway it's taking me back to I remember there was this game we used to play on the PS One back in the day called Road Rash, and it had those yeah, those yeah. those, uh, yep. those uh, yeah. uh, songs on there. Yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. <laughs> Would you ever like run over just things randomly, like not even try to win the game? Just oh uh, yeah, shit? yeah. <laughs> wasn't that the wasn't that the point? That's
0: like that's like asking somebody, did you ever play Grand Theft Auto and not just like beat up a drug dealer? To <laughs>
2: I just wanted to get it out
0: there. Oh, outshined—that was the other one outshined, I was trying to yeah, think yeah, of. Yeah,
2: yeah, that's great, gonna be, That's gonna be—it's gonna be a good episode. So, I hope everyone yeah. returns
0: for that. Well, Matt, did you make up something, or should I go?
2: Uh, no, I actually do have something. Actually, <laughs> I was going, and, and, and uh, this is a band that I knew of. They're kind of—I guess they're kind of new, and I guess they would go under the genre of metalcore or new metal, you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, but they're a metal core band from Australia. They're called feed her to the sharks. Hmm. Jake, you ever hear that? Never. I was, I was actually going to send you like a screenshot of one of the albums. Um, their yeah, first, album, yeah, their first album is called savage seas. And usually with bands like that or in that genre, they're pretty cookie cutter. So you, you know, you might get some differences here and there, um, you know, in the guitar sound or the, you know, the way the guy screams or or grunts or whatever. Um, but, you know, these guys, they're, they keep it different enough to keep me interested from, you know, the, the beginning of the album to the end of the album. So, um, Feeder to the Sharks album is Savage Seas. I would uh, highly recommend that. Jake, check that out because I think yeah. you really like them. Awesome. Ed, maybe not your cup of tea. I think on the I think on the Edometer, like falls on the Slayer end. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. sc- screaming, <laughs> kind of a uh, yeah, screaming. Uh, but you know the like you know the core the guy who sings the choruses he, he does a good job, but it's it's majority screaming and
0: yeah, all right, yeah, yeah. Send me that send me that screenshot because uh, I won't remember yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> so this actually this past week, um. I jumped back and was um, listening to um, some older episodes of Hardcore History with Dan Carlin. And uh, actually, over the last uh, couple of days, just working, I've been listening to his, uh, it's a three-part episode. And and keep in mind, uh, Hardcore History, the episodes are about five hours long. A piece. <laughs> so, damn. yeah, that's pretty hardcore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of like, uh, you know, whereas most podcasts would take, most podcasts would take one Pink Floyd topic and break it into two episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Dan Carlin takes one topic and, and talks about it for 15 hours and breaks it into three, five hour episodes. Um, oh, man. So this one topic is, uh, it's like the entire, uh, history of the Persians and the Persian empire all the way back from, it's called King of Kings, a three-parter. And it it goes like from the very beginning of the Persian empire. It's kind of like, uh, okay. So the premise, the premise that he starts with like the movie 300, the battle at Thermopylae, where we're looking at the heroes, you know, the Spartans are the heroes. They've got, you know, the 300 men and they're standing against these evil Persians. Well, somewhere along the line, there's a different side of the story. Like what, what's the Persian side of this story, you know? And, of course. and come to, come to find out, I mean, of, of all of the, uh, the, empirical, uh, em, you know, the, the empirical dominators of the time, You know, leading up to the Persians, uh, the Persians were actually pretty decent. They kind of, they'd come in and they would let you kind of rule your land how you wanted to rule your land. And, um, you know, if you were a great naval force, great. We want you to be a great naval force. We just want you to be a great naval force for us. Oh, of course. (laughs) You know, continue to rule your land. Just, Just do it under our umbrella kind of thing. Whereas you know, like other, other uh, empires would come in and, and just kill and burn and, you know, decimate your land and your people. And so it's it's just interesting to, you know, to kind of, I always love when <clears throat> I think, uh, I think the episode that dropped today, I brought up uh, Malcolm Gladwell's podcast where he takes um, a historical moment and looks at it from a different angle. I, I love When people will do that, because so often you have to realize that um, history is written by the winners.
2: Jake, if if you haven't, you you said from the other side, and that reminded me of, um, I don't know if you guys have ever, you guys are big sports guys, but I don't know if you've ever seen, like, there's an... um, series on espn called 30 for
0: 30 oh yeah yeah so have, have you se- it, so <laughs> i it, love 30 for 30
2: it, okay so if you're a 30 for 30 fan have you seen the one about the miracle on ice from the russian mm-hmm. perspective yes so that you so good so you saying <laughs> that reminded me of
0: that because yeah. it's
2: completely from the soviet oh, perspective we, we made of, them out yeah.
0: to, to be you know they were the evil empire yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: so good so good yeah
0: Ed, Ed's giving us oh, the, oh. the wrap. He's giving us a wrap it up hand signs. He's like a third base coach. Third base coach off into ESPN He's a third base coach that's telling us to stop, and we want to run to home. Yeah, to yeah, yeah. run to yeah. home.
2: Well, Ed. Anyway, check the thirty for, for thirty out on the um, the guy that caught the foul ball in the Cubs series.
0: Oh, Steve Bartman! Steve Bartman. Thank Bartman. you, thank
2: you. Yes. Yeah. It was like a yeah. two-hour documentary oh, on him and how he's. like <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Here, there's
1: there's the a poor guy oh, yeah.
0: whose life was was ruined practically for. Uh, Did you see that they reached yeah, when, no good yeah. reason? Uh, you know, last last year when the Cubs won it, they were reaching out to Bartman to they oh, wanted sure. him to be a part they wanted of it. I want to give it, him a ring. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's crazy. I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> oh. Well, who takes it at this point? Who shuts it? Uh, anyway, who shuts well, we just want to give,
1: <laughs> as always, I want to say um, thank you from the bottom of my heart to all of our listeners out there. And please join us again next week for another episode of Metal Rock and Whiskey.
2: Matt? And to all of our listeners, our fellow Metal Rock and Whiskey obsessors. We value your opinions and your feedback. Find us on Instagram at Metal Rock Whiskey. Send us your love, your likes, and please share your thoughts, reviews, questions, suggestions, concerns, and comments about our show. Please feel free to do the same on our Facebook page. Search Metal Rock Whiskey and ask to join to continue discussions. Participate in our weekly polls and sound off on the show in general. Find us on YouTube. Please subscribe on iTunes. Give a review do not be a dick. Give us that five star <laughs> rating because we're awesome people and you love us. You can also follow us individually on Instagram, yours truly, at the Whiskey Obsessor. That is whiskey save the E Ed. Where can they find you?
1: And you can find they can find me on Instagram as well at Bourbon Geek
0: Jake. <clears throat> you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at bourbon.spartan um like we said guys this uh this episode uh this is going to be decided by you fans by you listeners in the Facebook group so uh be sure to be sure to hop in there and and vote on these two iconic albums um You can find our good friend Sailor at Sailor Retro on all the social medias. Um, You can find our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash metal... Is it forward slash or backslash? I didn't write that down. (laughs) Usually forward slash. What is this, my first time doing this? Maybe. (laughs) Patreon.com, Metal Rock and Whiskey. And if you
2: think you can do better than us as far as Metal (laughs) and Rock goes, donate (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Come on the show. We want you yeah, on here. For
0: sure. We would love yes. to have a you know we've had some pretty phenomenal guests on so far. Some of those episodes have aired and some have not, yes. unfortunately, due to audio issues and drunken issues and whatever else. But in the meantime, guys, uh this has been a lot of fun. All you know, it's talking about a band like Pink Floyd is this is this is why we did this. This project to begin with is to talk Mm -hmm. about Great bands like this that really Put a huge stamp on uh, On the rock Music industry and rock in General Um, I would Encourage any listeners out there to Really jump back listen to the whole um, The whole uh, Discography of Pink Floyd And and, uh, Yeah it's fantastic but in the Meantime glasses Are empty it's been fun Tip your waitress we're out Later, everyone.
2: Love you, Mom.